Welcome back to the Pesky Report. This is episode 252. We're going to be covering the minor leagues once again, continuing this every week. Uh, my name is Derek. I'm here with Hunter, and we have Ed here this week, uh, replacing Jake. Uh, we miss you, Jake, but we know he'll be back next week. Um, so He's not coming back. Continue. I'm replacing him forever. <laughs> Because I totally have the, uh, I, I I totally have the energy to do multiple episodes a week, back to back days. I can, I can do that. Sure. <laughs> All right. So let's not waste time because we have some big stuff to talk about, and we want to start in Double A. I think this is where a lot of action happened this week, for the most part. Um, and let's start with Shane Johan, 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 however you want to pronounce it. I'm not going to get mad at you. Um, He's getting promoted to AAA. That was announced this morning uh, as a recording, so uh, Monday morning. And he's been stellar this year. He may, I think maybe this start was this week was his worst start. But he still went five innings, only gave up three runs. And for that to be your worst start at a, at a level, that's, I think that's kind of crazy. I think it was he was more than due to get called up. I think it was 58 innings in AA, whereas you look at last year, Brandon Walter was 50. Um, I'll go to Ed first. What are your thoughts on him be, on Johan being called up. Surprise could happen this quickly. I thought it was probably be like July, but you know, he doesn't really have anything to prove at this point at double a. So, you know, he had, I think he was the, uh, the pitcher of the month for, for April um, for pretty much everybody covering double a, uh, the new cutter has been fantastic. The added velocity he has, he can hit 96 now, which, that will play and he has good command over all of his pitches um you know it's about time for him to um try it out against guys with a little more big league experience i don't think we saw him once in spring training also so they've really been he's really been kind of a secret weapon uh for them it's gonna be i think i believe he's making his triple a debut on thursday so that's definitely uh gonna be one to follow i actually think the red sox might have the day off then too so you know you can no. actually watch that yeah, yeah, that's definitely. definitely the only way I watch minor league games. <laughs> yeah, Hunter will watch them regardless. Uh, I do got to add real quick. Forgot to put this in the intro, but we're not doing second takes. Uh, presented by Beyond the Monster. Forgot that. Um, we're not doing two takes, though. I'm We're not doing that. So we're just rolling with it. Uh, Hunter, your thoughts on Johan being moved up to AAA? Yeah, uh, like like Ed said, it seems pretty quick, but he is he's 24 years old. He was a college pitcher, so it's not too surprising that they want to get him moving. He was basically untouchable the whole season. Even his last start, he was almost perfect through four innings, had a little bit of a hiccup in the fifth. Uh, just it was it was constantly, you know, five innings, no runs, six innings, no runs, six innings, one run, six innings, one run, two hits, six innings, no runs, one hit, and then five innings, three runs on five hits. It was getting to the point where, I mean, two teams two times a team had five hits against them in in five or six innings of work that's kind of ridiculous uh he's not walking a lot of people he's only walked nine people all year three of them were in his last start he's racked up 36 strikeouts already he looked good at the level last year was a small sample size but uh and if you would have told anyone at the start if you would have told anyone last year that this year Drohan would be hitting 96 on a fastball. I don't, one, I don't think anyone would have believed you. And two, I think a lot of people would have told you that might be the thing that, you know, starts to separate him as, as a prospect, as a talent. And that's exactly what it's done. Uh, I think there's a very strong case for, to make that he's the best pros the best pitching prospect in the system. Now, I think 
there's a strong case that he's a top five prospect in the system now. And I think it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think it would surprise many people if he was in the top 100 overall prospects at some point this year. He's done more than you could expect from anyone in double A. So even though it's been a short time, like you said, 58 innings total in double A so far, 34 this year, 24 last year, uh, it, it's the right move. There was, uh, there was nothing else for him to prove, and I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure there will be a, a slight adjustment period, but I wouldn't be surprised if the numbers didn't skyrocket with the move to AAA. I could see him handling his own at the level and not, not, uh, not doing anything to make people think that it happened too soon. I mean, I'm not expecting him to have like a 1.3 ERA, yeah, yeah, but I yeah. wasn't expecting him to do that a second month in a row in AA either. So, like, that was what he did this last month is not something that you see very often. Um, and it's it, it's been pretty cool to be able to follow that. Um, but it, it, yeah, it'll. Do you think that there is a chance he gets called up to the majors by the end of the season? Do you think that he's already. I, th- I think that there's a real argument that he's already passed Chris Murphy. Um, on the depth chart, and that could mean, you know, like Brandon Walter or Brian Mott is next there if there's a rotation injury. I would say that that's probably the reason they're moving him up already, is they want to give him enough time in AAA that if they do want to call him up in a couple months, I, I, I think that there's absolutely a chance that he's moved past a couple people now on their depth chart of prospects of who's who's next in line. And if he pitches well in, in AAA for two months, he might end up being the first guy called up out of the group because the three guys in AAA right now haven't been the best versions of themselves yet. So if he pitches – again, he's not going to have a 1-3 ERA in AAA, but if he goes there and pitches great, he could leapfrog all of them. And if he does have a 1-3 ERA in AAA, he'll definitely leapfrog them. <laughs> Um, you know, and then get called sent down because he has options when they need um, when they need someone who comes off the IL. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um, no, I, I think I think for Joanne, it's it, it, he kind of needed to get called up because at the end of the day, Double A, he wasn't really getting challenged too much, and we saw it earlier a couple was a couple weeks ago with Nathan Landry moving up to High A, where it was Low A, it was just like it's like what's the point? Like you, you when you put him out there, you know he's not giving up any runs. You know he's not giving up anything. You got to move him up. I feel like we're we were starting to get to that point with Johan where it's like hey, it's been over it's been over 50 innings. Like eventually you got to move him up if he continues to pitch well. And they decided to do it now and just do it now. And I know Brian Matta going on the IL and AAA, so maybe that had a little bit of sway in the decision cuz they may it could go and hey, we need a starter in Triple A, but this guy in Double A who's pitching really well. This also could have been that situation too. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't think that they would promote Drohan. Like you remember last year when Nick Sogard got brought up to Triple A, and then they brought him back down a couple weeks later. Yeah, um, yeah, as kind of a fill in. I don't think they would bring up Drohan as a fill in. I think that that they would well, not as a fill in, but like they were already out. looking to call him up. This is and, their excuse to yeah. do it, yeah. Right, but yeah. I'm just saying that they, when Mata is healthy again, I don't think he's going to get sent down. Yeah, no, unless yeah. he's like no really chance. getting his ass kicked or something. Yeah, no, I 100 agree with that. Um, and there's been a couple other moves, so we'll get to that eventually. But let's stick in Double A here for a little bit. Um, I'm going to add. I know you have someone you want to talk about here in Double A. Uh, thoughts on Steven Scott's week? Oh, he had a good week. He had a, a very good week. <laughs> He slashed, uh, he had 400, he had a couple of home runs, you know, uh, double, 
A um, couple of walk. I think he walked twice, struck out twice. So yeah, for he's like we were talking about this a little bit before the show started, but he's having like a, a pretty good offensive season. Like if yeah. you were to, you know, like look at what he's done for the entire season, and I have to get that up, but uh, he's like, I mean, you, 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 even for a position outside of catcher, he's been really, uh, he's been hitting. He's got. Uh, yeah, 295 average, 389 on base percentage, um, three homers, 12 RBIs. He, and he's doing it like pretty consistently. That's always been sort of his thing has been that he's like a real like offense first uh catcher, but at least since they you know moved him to catcher last year. But he's uh he certainly looked the role, and it's gonna be interesting what they do with him now that Nathan Hickey's also been brought up. So you have two catchers that can rake, uh, you know back there. Eli Marrero, I would think is going to be kind of like the defensive guy that you, you have there when one of them just needs a day off and the other one can't DH. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely been uh, like an underrated prospect. I think Sox prospects has him at number 35 right now, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him move up. He's already surpassed Ronaldo Hernandez on the depth chart for catchers. Um, I think Hickey's ahead of him and Brooks Brandon is ahead of him, but you know, Brandon's obviously, he's down there in, uh, in FCL. We're probably Hunter isn't going to probably be grading him until the very end of the year if, uh, when he gets called up to Salem. <laughs> Hopefully, when he gets called up to Salem, I can't imagine it won't happen. But yeah, I mean, just I mean, if Cutter if Cutter Coffee is getting like has had like the absolute worst FCL and then started this season at Salem, yeah, I, yeah. I don't see how. Brooks Brandon isn't uh, going to get a shot there by the end of the year. But yeah, so that's that's my guy, Stephen Scott, for this week. Yeah, no, I, I, he had a very good week. I know, Hunter, we got, I know you have a guy you very much like. I like him a lot too. Uh, may or may not have like stole a stupid amount of bases this week. Um, you want to talk about, you want to talk about him? Yeah, uh, Sadon Rafael started the week kind of slow, went 0 for 5 his first game. Or I'm sorry, one for five his first game. 0 for five the next game, but stole two bases. And then 0 for four. So he was one for 14 to start the week. There were a lot of questions because he's had a rough month in general. Uh, and then on Saturday, I believe it was, uh, went two for three, two walks, stole six bases. At the time, they called it seven. They went back after the game, said that his last steal was a fielder's indifference because the catcher didn't really make an attempt. But my argument is, Every time the catcher made an attempt, he wasn't getting him out anyway, so I think they should they should give him that steal too. Uh, and then the next day, had two more hits, uh, bro- brought in a run, and stole three more bases. So he finished the week with 11 steals, which is unheard of. Uh, nine in the last two games, which is even more ridiculous. Uh, he hasn't shown, I think, some of the power that some people were hoping for. He's only got one homer on the year. Uh, seven doubles, he's slashing 256, 293, 342. So the walks are still a bit of an issue. People still bring up the uh, the chase rate. He's still swinging a little bit too much at balls outside of the zone. But again, did walk twice on Saturday. Uh, he's driven in 17 runs, scored 18 more, and now he has 19 steals on the season. So the run production's been through the roof. Uh, before the season started, I know he said he wanted to get 30 steals his career high was he had 28 last season. Kind of hard to envision him not getting it at this point. He's at 19 and we're halfway through May. Um, he's still an elite defender. I'm not really worried about the power because I think he's hit the ball hard a decent amount. Um, 
the the home runs will come. He he's done it before. You know, he started 2021. He wasn't hitting a lot of homers, and that was before there was really any power projection for him. And then it kind of came on as the year went on, and it was like, oh, there might be a little pop in this bat. Then he hit 21 homers last year. Um, I also think it's important to note that he is in double A for the full season. Last year, he was in high A for around 50 games, I think. Um, And he was just absolutely crushing the ball there. Still still hit 12 homers in double A. But um, so, again, not really worried about the power. He's found a way to get on base the last few games. And when he did, he was just an absolute menace. The pitchers were in shambles. Every every time he got on base, he was literally just dancing on on whatever base he was on. You could tell he was in their heads. Multiple times he stole third before the pitcher even threw the ball. The pitcher was looking back, looking back. Rafael was dancing. Then the pitcher would turn to the catcher, and the second he turned, Rafael went off, and the pitcher didn't. The pitcher would try to throw him out. Didn't have enough time. I think that was two of his steals were were by doing that. Um, so he was just. It's, it's good to see that when the power's not there, he's struggling a little bit with the bat, he finds a way to still make a major impact on the offense. Um, and, again, the, the power's not there yet. 293 on base percentage is a little worrying mid-May. But he's someone that can get hot really quickly, can throw together a bunch of three, four-hit games. He's already done it. At one point this year, he had a nice 10-game hitting streak, I believe, 11-game hitting streak, something around there, where he had a bunch of two-hit, three-hit games. Um, and now he's got two, two back-to-back games with multiple hits, one of them where he walked twice, too. So I think those numbers could go up quickly. Don't expect 11 steals from him every week, but he's shown throughout the year that he's great on the base paths. He's aggressive, uh, doesn't make too many mistakes. He's going to make some but uh, that kind of comes with the territory of being that aggressive. And if he starts getting on base a little bit more, we could see those, we could see the steals go up even more. Maybe, maybe he reaches for, tries to go for 40 steals this year. He's got the speed. He's got the athleticism. Uh, the question's just been getting on base. And again, got, he got on base six times in the last two games. So that's something that hopefully we start to see a little bit more of. I'd love to see him take more pitches. Um, I, I think that that's something that, people point out with him all the time. I don't think it's, it's definitely been an issue. I'm not going to pretend like it hasn't been an issue, but I do think he's done a better job this year of trying to wait for his pitch. I just think that he hasn't gotten all the the right results yet. Uh, But I do think that the approach has been slightly better. So I think the numbers are going to, are going to come with it. And the last two games of this week were a major positive, major step in the right direction. So we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, I mean he's a guy. He's he's got all the tools to be a be a dynamic player, right? Yeah. But I think I think the thing with him, everyone talks his floor because he's already got Gold Glove defense. He can already yeah. run well and all that. You know, when the bat comes around for him, and especially when he's hot, you know, he, one of the most entertaining players to watch in the minor leagues when you include the bat and the defense and being able to run on the bases. I'm starting to I'm starting to question like okay what's the over under on guys stealing 50 bases in the minor leagues this year and like why is it over <laughs> because because it's I feel it's starting to feel a little ridiculous with the amount of stolen bases like Rafael stole 11 bases this week I think there's got to be like it feels like there's 10 guys already in the system who got 20 stolen bases that's just how it feels I know there's not but that's how it feels uh, 
I'm going to talk about Chase uh, Mydroth just because last week I made the comparison and not a like to like comparison, but in terms of I feel like I made the Luis Arise comparison as he's kind of a little bit right handed ish Luis Arise in terms of guys who just hit the ball. And I feel like that's what Midroth does. He hits the ball and he has a good approach to the plate. I'm not saying it's going to be Luis Arise. I think they're two totally different players in terms of total play style, but in terms of built ability to hit the ball. I feel like he's, he's, I think by the time the season's done, I mean, he's, he hit what, 340 in, in Greenville with a 500 on base, essentially. Um, like, that's outrageous. Like, you just don't see that. Um, and I know there's some people may or may not have concerns about his power, only had three doubles and two homers in Greenville. But for me, I'm not concerned about it. If you can hit the ball and get hits and get on base. At the end of the day, if the power is not out like out of this world, who cares, right? Yeah, you're do- he's doing what he does really well, which is hitting the ball, putting it in play, getting on base, and in this week in this week in Double A, this first week in Double A, seven for twenty, he hit a double, um, four strikeouts to four walks, um, which is nice to see. He, he had twenty one walks to tw- twenty strikeouts in uh, High A. He also stole a base this week. Um, he, he's just a guy where. Positionally, there's a big log jam up the middle in the minor leagues. Second base, can he really play there with Nick York now? In with Nick York in Double A, I don't know, but he's also played a little bit of third. Wouldn't shock me if they even maybe moved him elsewhere, tried him in different spots, whether it's like a first base or a corner outfield. It wouldn't shock me just because there's such a log jam. I don't know if they'll do that, but I'm just saying it wouldn't shock me. We saw um, that but he's a guy time and left so i think that might be how they're trying that, to do it also that too yeah the, the, i think you'll definitely see some guys in portland getting a little bit of moving because there is an infield long jam with Cavadas and Pinellas and york and now you're adding uh my job they have lugo who they're not it seems like they're kind of moving them off of shortstop which was seen which i think a lot some people anticipated anyways um so it's really Christian Cost at shortstop and then just log jams across the infield elsewhere. Um, so it's interesting, but I think the more he hits, the more he'll play. And I think, you know, there's a chance that after this year is done, you look at him and go, oh, yeah, this he's going to start pushing closer towards the big leagues just because you start, if he continues to hit in double A, you go into next year, maybe even start looking at, oh, maybe triple A next year. And then you start getting him close. I think he's a guy who could really fly through the system because of his hit tool, which I think he's got the, I think he's up there in terms of hit tool in the system. Definitely can't argue with that. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to the level that Johan is moving up to uh, the highest level, triple a. And let's move on to, I think probably some of the fans favorite, uh, most fans favorite player in the system, um, at least in triple a, uh, let's talk about Ryan Fitzgerald. Uh, 10 for 24 last week, a double, three homers. He had five strikeouts to one walk. Uh, I mean, really good week for him. Go, I'll hand it over to Ed. Thoughts on Fitzy's week, and I think he's had a couple of strong weeks in a row uh, recently. So how do you feel about that? I think that it's really – it's got to be really – frustrating for him that he isn't right-handed because he probably would have been called up by now if that were the case Um, he's he's been knocking the tar tar out of the ball Um, if you're going just like full season right now 314 batting average 383 slugging um, on base percentage 578 slugging percentage 
Uh, he's leading the organization in RBIs with 24. He's second uh, only to his teammate, David Hamilton, with uh, six home runs. Yeah, I mean, there's not... You know, he's still striking out a fair amount, but that's kind of his MO is that he swings as hard. He tries to hit a home run every time he's up there. Um, now, this season, he's figured out how to go the other way a little bit more. Um, you know, you'll see him occasionally bunk down the third baseline and run it out. Uh, plays pretty much every position, none fantastically, none particularly badly either. Um, like, that's your. Uh, that is a big league utility guy somewhere. It's yes. just, uh, there are so many it's left-handed just, bats right yeah. now for the Red Sox that it's He's like, just you know, in the wrong field. organization. Like, because uh, if he was right-handed, I don't think they would have bought Pablo Reyes from the A's. I think they would have been just like, okay, let's just bring this guy up. We have a guy like that with more power here. Maybe not as good defensively, but, you know, he can hit. Um so it's got to be frustrating being Fitzy. I really hope that there is some kind of opening for him at some point this season because he's, if, if you look at his production, it seems like he's taken a step forward this year. Um, he It looked like this last year when he had like a ridiculous April and just didn't really hit that well after, but he was also playing with a fractured foot. So, you know, that'll take away some of your, your, your power, some of your ability to hit. We saw Alex Verdugo go through that last year also. Um, so he's, it's just, it's just a kind of a frustrating situation because at what point, at what point the guy's 28 years old, when, when does he get his opportunity? Yeah. Does he end up getting traded to another organization? I think he's a free agent after this year. Is he going to sign somewhere else? You just don't know. Um, but heck of a week. He had a, he had a very... He's had a very good season, and uh, it was a very good week for him. He hit 417, three more home runs, five RBIs. You know, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very good week. And for a guy who I think a lot of Red Sox fans fell in love with in spring training in 2022, a uh, little bit of, like you said, injured last year, played through it, but it was, a little, it was, it was tougher for him after April, um, especially being injured, playing injured. That's normally going to hurt your performance unless you're like Superman or something crazy, or you're, I don't know, Bryce Harper, maybe who knows um, in the postseason last year. But I think this year for him, he's showing that he can play. And like I said, if he wasn't a lefty, he probably would have been called up. And I mean, just give me the all lefty lineup in Boston though. I, I'm, I want that at one point this year, just so it can happen just because it would piss a lot of people off because there's too many lefties in the lineup already. Um, Hunter, your thoughts on Fitzy's week. Yeah, uh, I mean, he, on Sunday, he just snapped an eight-game hitting streak. And in that eight-game hitting streak, he had uh, five home runs. Like like Ed said, he's just been tearing the cover off the ball lately. Um, and, yeah, I think something for him, uh, as, as Ed said, he's a free agent at the end of the year. I can't imagine he stays in the organization if he doesn't get called up by the end of the year. If I'm him, I'm going – there's a lot of teams right now that – there's multiple teams in – like. I think if the Yankees had him, he would have been in the majors a month ago, and he'd probably be loving that short porch in New York. Uh, I, I just, I unless they give him a shot before the end of the year, and kind of even show him that they might have, I don't want to say committed to him. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like he's Mike Trout or something. But if they show that there's like a future for him in Boston with some kind of role, utility guy, anything. I can't imagine he stays stays in the organization, which which sucks because he is uh, someone that a lot of the fans have have loved. That's something that I see a lot on Twitter. I'll, I'll post any kind of stat for him. 
I'll post the stat for someone else and I'll get three or four tweets saying like, Hey, when's Fitzy getting called up? And it's like, I couldn't tell you. I wish I knew. Uh, what? You know a song where people are just asking you for updates on that, regardless <laughs> of whether or not it has anything to do with anything. Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's I'm starting to reach your territory with that with Noah Song because that's <laughs> I'll I'll post something about uh, Ryan Fitzgerald obviously, or I'll post something about Christian Koss and Double A or Nick Sogard, and and somebody inevitably will ask me about Ryan Fitzgerald, and it's a fair question because anybody that's watched him this year has seen how great he's been. Anybody that's watched him uh, for the last few years outside of, again, having injury issues last year, uh, like you said, it's got to be frustrating for him at this point because outside of switching what side he bats off of, there's nothing he could do. There's very little more he could do to to deserve a, a look in the majors at some point, especially with the injuries the Red Sox have had this year. You would think at some point, Someone would get a chance. The amount of people that have already been taken on and off the 40 man. Um, I, and I do think he'll get a shot at some point this year, just with how the injuries and everything have gone. I think at some point he'll get a couple games in the majors. I, I'm not going to say it's, it's going to be a long stay for him unless he comes up and immediately starts crushing the ball. But, uh, but yeah, sadly, I don't think he's, he's going to be with the Red Sox next year. The good news is that means I think he's going to be, in the major somewhere with a team getting the shot that he's deserved for the last two years. Yeah. It's about time for him to find an MLB spot somewhere. Um, Cause he, I, I like, like, I think I agree with both of you. I mean, he could legitimately be an MLB player on this team. Um, sucks. He can't hit righty though, because it seems that's all they're going for, which I'm, like I said, I would not be against an all lefty lineup. I just want, I, I would love to see it just to see it happen just because it would probably upset some people. And I'm kind of, I, I like upsetting people for whatever reason, um, upsetting people that shouldn't be upset because they have no reason to be upset. Um, so I don't really have anything else to add though. Um, so let's move on to some other guys in AAA. I want to talk about AJ Politi again, just because I'm going to keep on shoving it down people's throats until they listen. Um, so Politi this week, two innings, no runs, only gave it one hit, two strikeouts, no walks. Didn't get a ton of work this week, uh, but I'm going to keep on talking about him because, yes, you could say he only has, a, I think, like a 330 ERA this year. Most of that's from two appearances against Columbus. You take out, and that's that was in one week, two, two appearances. You take out those two appearances in 14 and a third innings, he's got a 0.60, a 0.62 ERA. Um, so you take out those two bad appearances. It's 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 like what we're probably going to do for Kenley Jansen uh, if he continue, comes back and is dominant. We'll go up, take out those two games against the Cardinals, and he's got like a one ERA. Put in those two, and he's got like a four-something ERA. We're probably going to start doing that in a couple weeks with him. Uh, so I'm doing the same thing for Politi, um, just so it fits my narrative. Um, but I, I think he was a guy when he got taken by the Orioles, it was like, uh, like, I don't like that. I wanted him to stay. And the fact that Orioles didn't put him on their big league roster and he got to come back and the Red Sox have him in triple a, um, like I was looking at him, like, I'd rather give him a shot than a Ryan Brazier. If it comes later in the year, if you're going to DFA Brazier, DFA him and give a guy like a Politia shot. Um, He's a guy that I'm hoping gets a shot at some point. Like I said, besides those two games, he's been really good for AAA for the most part. Um, so for me, I feel like he eventually 
should get a start because should get a shot because he's been pitching well besides those two games against Columbus. Um, Ed, who's someone else in AAA that you thought stood out this week? Willier Abreu has been uh, quietly really moving up in uh, in my mind, at least, as far as um, just not just AAA players, but overall prospects in the system go. Um, he had a, you know, like a decent week. I wouldn't say necessarily a great one. He had 273, 385 on base percentage, uh, but he hit a couple of homers, drew some walks, drove in three runs. Um, and he's just been playing really consistently good baseball. Absolute rifle for an arm, good fielder. Um, he's one of those guys. He's He came with Emmanuel Valdez in the Christian Vasquez trade last year. And as much as we're enjoying um, uh, Valdez at the major league level, I think that um, Abreu might be the more complete player. He works every count deep. He's got some power. Um for the season, he's hitting 296 now, um, 398 on base percentage, five home runs. Works counts deep. Um, just a really nice approach. Um, he's someone, again, I th- believe he's a left-handed bat, so it's the same sort of issue they've had with a lot of guys where he, um, you know, it's like, where can you put him in the lineup? You really can't right now. But that's somebody who is is definitely one that I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to for the rest of the season. I could see him. There's a reason they put him on the 40-man roster. I was a little surprised that they protected him. I definitely understand why they did it now, though. Um, he's might not get up to the majors this year, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him in some capacity. You know, if there are injuries this year, but definitely 2024. Like that's that's a big league player. I think we're going to be looking back at the uh, at that trade as a real steal um, a couple years from now, if not sooner. I mean, people, you know, I think um, Valdez has shown he's a major league hitter in this small sample size, at least for now. Um, but Abreu can do more. I think um, he's definitely yeah he's my guy. Yeah, uh, and, and, you know, like I mean, bring on the lefties. Come on, let's go. Bring on the lefties. Um, keep bringing them up. Uh, let's have, like, a 26-man roster. All 13 hitters are left-handed. Just why not? Um, Connor Wong, he, maybe he can start hitting left-handed, too. We'll start that um, so we can keep him on the team. Put him um, at second base while we're at it. <laughs> that, too. We could do that. Um, I don't know. Maybe get Trevor Story to learn how to hit lefty, too, so we can play him. Um, and But, like, do it in, like, MLB The Show or, like, you – don't change the stats. You just switch, his, switch him to hitting lefty. But, like, let's do that. Um, let's make it fun. Um, no, no. Uh, yeah, I think Abreu's he's had a very good year so far. Um, Hunter, uh, who, who stood out to you this week? You're muted, Hunter. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was I was ranting. I was ranting. I know. I could tell. I, I was like, I was like, um, well, my Connor, you're muted. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, let me try that again. Talked about him last week. Talked about him a second ago. Going to talk about him again. Chase Shugart uh, through April 18th, he pitched. I believe it was like six and two thirds innings. Had only given up one run. Then on April 20th, he gave up one run in one inning. 
Then April 23rd, he gave up four runs on seven hits, one and two-thirds innings. That really skyrocketed the numbers. Since then, though, uh, seven straight outings, I believe it's been, seven, seven total innings over those seven outings, hasn't given up an earned run. Uh, and not only has, it, has he not given up an earned run, he's only given up two hits and one walk in that time. He's just not letting people get on base against him. Doesn't strike out a lot of people. He only has 11 strikeouts on the year, uh, which is, you know, uh, in 15 and a third innings, that's that's nothing impressive. But he doesn't walk people. He's only walked three batters. He's down to a 3.52 ERA, 2.79 batting average against, 1.3 whip. The uh, batting average against doesn't look great, but again, he hasn't been letting people on base over the last two weeks. Um, and... Definitely not. And the the bigger thing for me is these this stretch of great pitching has come ever since they've kind of started giving him more high leverage situations. Uh, they're putting him in save opportunities. He's uh, he's gotten in in those seven innings. He's gotten four save opportunities. Uh, picked up all four saves. Unsurprisingly, he's only given he hasn't given up an earned run, so that shouldn't surprise anyone. Um, but. Doesn't I, I think the fact that he doesn't miss bats is kind of the thing that has people, you know, on the fence with him because it's one thing to to let people put the bat on the ball in the minors. It might not hurt you too much. You're going up against a major league team that could cause some serious issues. But I said it last week. I said if he keeps pitching this well, at some point you kind of have to say, all right, well, maybe maybe there's something there. At some point, maybe we give him a shot. Uh, and now he's gone another phenomenal week of pitching and the numbers keep going down and he's 26 pitched in college, uh, came to the team as a starter. They moved him to a reliever full-time last year and he had some really good stretches in, in that year, ended up with and numbers had, had some issues, but this year, uh, outside of that, really just that one outing so far, he's been so good. Uh, I mean, outside of one and two thirds innings, he's given up two earned runs, three total runs. Uh, and the, the strikeouts ha- again, not great, but it's something that he's shown in the past. He has had uh, seasons where he's had slightly more strikeouts than innings, which still isn't anything phenomenal, but it shows that he does have that potential. And I think, Moving him to the bullpen allows him to maybe throw a little bit harder. He can add some velocity to some pitches. Uh, so maybe the longer he's in the bullpen, maybe those strikeouts will move up a bit. I think the more the to me the more important stat than strikeouts is the fact that he's not walking people. If you're not striking people out, whatever you could still be inducing weak contact. If you're walking people, you're running into your own issues and you're making it harder for yourself, harder for your team. He's not putting people on base. So then when people do put the bat on the ball. There's less, there's less issues. There's less variables to worry about. Uh, and this is now two weeks in a row where I've brought him up. And if he keeps p- pitching like this, it might be three weeks in a row uh, next week. So I guess we'll have to see what happens. But as of right now, I think he's been the best pitcher in their bullpen for the last two weeks now. And outside of one start or one outing, he's been one of their best bullpen pitchers all year in a bullpen that has a lot of decent names in it with, uh, you mentioned Politi earlier, Mosqueda is a good arm. 
Sheriff's a good arm. Like they have a lot of people in that bullpen and, and Shugart to me has stood out the last few weeks. So I, I'm going to keep giving him his flowers because I think he's deserved them. And I think as a slightly older prospect out of college, uh, he was in the top 30 a few times, but it's never like he was near the top. It was usually the, the mid twenties and it was kind of when the system wasn't what it is now. Uh, so I think he's just someone that's kind of always been there that, you know, maybe people know about, but no one that anybody's going to get too excited about. And the way he's pitched the last few weeks, I think he deserves to maybe start having a little bit of hype around him. So I'm, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep shouting his name until, until he does something that doesn't deserve it. But so far this year, he's, he's deserved it. Yeah. It feels like him and Polite are kind of similar boats, bad outing or two that kind of makes the ERA and the numbers look worse. Yeah. But besides that, those at that one outing or two outings, they've been pretty solid for that bullpen in Worcester. Um, Let's kind of flip from triple A all the way down to low A, go around to low A and then we'll hit high A after, but low A um, we're continuing the Juan Chacon fan club. Um, I mean, he had a really good week, 10 for 19, two doubles. He had four strikeouts, two walks, uh, also stole a base. Just a really, really good week. I mean, when you hit over 500, it's a good week. Um, so I'll flip it right back to you, Hunter. Thoughts on Juan Chacon's week? Yeah, uh, got boosted a little bit, had a nice 4-for-4 four four game in there. Uh, I also think that he's genuinely one of the most electric players in the system, plays really good defense, has an underrated bat, Gets a lot of really hard hit balls. Uh, I think if it wasn't for the fact that he's playing in Salem, he'd already have multiple home runs. He's hit a couple high off the wall, but that place just, I mean, they just had their first home run at Salem's park this week. Luis Ravella hit a homer and it. I, I didn't notice this, but the announcer said after he hit it, that's the first home run hit at the ballpark this year, which is Cavernous. that's mid mid May. And that's happening. That's ridiculous. Um, but he's uh also something I like to point out, always, always having fun. Uh, he hits a double and you see him on, on second base, crossing his arm, shrugging, pointing to the dugout, doing something. He's, he's got his own signature celebrations at this point. The, the announcers love him. The fans love him. His teammates seem to love him. Uh, just kind of done everything for the team this year. Um, it, he's kind of in that weird boat where there's so many hired like higher up on the pecking order prospects on that team. Obviously everyone's going to talk about Miguel Blaise or Roman Anthony, or he's not there right now, but Mikey Romero, Cutter Crawford. There's so many people. And that's just in the lineup. That's not even counting the uh, Luis Perales and, and so Elmer Rodriguez Cruz. There's so many people there that are going to overshadow him, but he's been one of their most consistent performers. Cause even when he's not, swinging the bat particularly well he draws a lot of walks uh and just the defense has been so phenomenal whether he's playing it seems to be he plays mostly the corner outfield slots but um just one of those guys that you watch him once or twice and you're immediately like this is someone that i would love to watch go through the system ton of fun to watch only 20 20 years old uh and i think as he moves up a little bit I think as as the hype starts to build up around him a little bit and maybe he gets up to high A, it, maybe next year, two years down the line when he's in double A or whatever, I think a lot of fans are really going to love this guy. And uh, just I, to me, there's really not much else to say. A 422 on base percentage. He gets on 
again, I think the power's there. I think you don't see it yet because he has no home runs, but that's just more a product of Salem than him. And just easily one of the most fun guys to watch in the system this year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's been really good. I mean, we started the Juan Chacon fan club this year. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, I, I think it's fair to say we're all fans of him. Ed, thoughts on Chacon's week? Yeah, good week. Um, he's, you know, like you said, he's going to be lost a little bit in the hype from some of the other big name guys there. Um, but he's fast. He gets on base a lot. Um, I mean, Salem, some of that might not be his eye. Some of that might just be that guys aren't throwing strikes. But he's still fast. He puts bat, the bat on the ball. I think he has like three triples. So one of those might have been a home run at any other stadium. Um, I, you really can't put anything on the power numbers in uh, Salem. Like I think Blaze Jordan hit like what four home runs in Salem yeah. all of last year, and then went ballistic after he got called up to Greenville. Just I guess Salem. Like I, I have never been to the Salem Stadium before, but I would imagine that it's like one of those old tiny fields that just doesn't actually have a fence. Uh, that's that's my theory. Um, but yeah, no, good good little player. We'll see as he moves up. Because um, to me, at least, he kind of profiles as a leadoff guy just because of the eye on that the speed. But we'll see. Um, he plays good defense, very athletic. Um, instant energy, I, I think, is the term that you'd use for like a basketball player like that. And guys like that, as we've seen with Ryan Maltapia in the uh, big leagues right now, um, can be very useful to teams. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, uh, and I think that Tapia kind of comparison in terms of bringing energy, I think I think it's a pretty good one. Um, so let's let's move on to other guys in the system. Uh, Hunter, you want to start us off with someone else on this on this low A team that feels like there's always stuff to talk about. Uh, who do you want to pick out? Uh, I think it would have been a good week to talk about Miguel Blaze because he started to pick it up, but then the injury he had back to back games with injuries. Uh, and then he ended up not playing the last three games because of it. So he's kind of sadly off the, off my list right now. But uh, definitely just something to bring up the injury. A little scary. I don't know exactly what's going on with that. But uh, hopefully nothing too bad. It looked like he fouled a pitch off his own hand. Um, but I would I would have to say then if I'm if I'm crossing him off the list, I think that uh, Ender Solira deserves a, a shout out. Promoted from the. Uh, he, he was not in single A, promoted up. Um, only 19 years old. Catcher with great defensive projections and a decent amount of power potential. But I think the big question mark with him was the hit tool in general. Uh, would he be able to put the bat on the ball? Uh, I know Sox prospects said that the, the, the issue with him was he had a slow bat. Uh, and in the first game, you kind of saw that. It, now it's his first game at a new level. You could say that there's issues there, uh, but he went over a couple of strikeouts. And then the very next day he went three for three with a walk. Uh, the next game he had another hit. So he ended up finishing the week four for 10 with a double, drove in two runs, scored a run, walked twice in three games. That's a really solid start. Obviously it's a very small sample size for someone, uh, but we also got to see the arm he had uh, – one play where he made a great block on a, a ball in the dirt uh, and he kind of like slid to his right and poked his chest out and got the stomach off his, off his uh, got the ball off his stomach and just absolutely cannoned a guy trying to go to second on a, on a pitch in the dirt. Uh, I mean, it was one of those where 
no offense to the minor leagues, but especially at the lower levels, sometimes the camera angles aren't that great. So you only saw uh, Abram Liendo, I believe it was, at second, and you just kind of saw the ball teleport to his hand. You didn't get to see the throw, but you could tell just like it was in the perfect spot. Liendo barely had to move his arm to put the tag on the guy. Uh, looked like a bullet, kind of had to be a bullet because the second that ball hit the ground, the runner was off. Um, so I think he's someone that he's going to get a lot of playing time because of the defense. The question marks are going to surround his, his offense. Uh, but, and again, small sample size, three games. You, you can't take too much from that. Everybody has a good week. Everybody has a bad week. But four for 10 with a double and two walks is very promising. Uh, so someone that I think will have to keep an eye on, someone that I could see kind of, I think he's going to get a lot of playing time there. They moved Ronald Rosario up to high A. Um, so I think that he's someone that we should keep an eye on because I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of, it's a system that I think has a lot of decent catchers, a lot of decent catching prospects, but everyone seems to kind of have like an issue. You got, you know, you got Nathan Hickey with the, the defensive problems. Uh, Steven Scott kind of gives you a little bit of everything. Not the best defensive catcher either though. Uh, you got, Eli Marrero, I think, is the best defensive catcher in the system, but the offense, there's there's something lacking there. So if Enders Alira can keep the the great defense going and give you some some uh, hitting, especially with the fact that he does great as someone that might have some some power in the bat. So if he can get you uh, a decent bat with that defense, he's someone that could possibly potentially kind of fly up the the rankings a little bit, maybe maybe get onto more people's radar. And suddenly the Red Sox might have another catching prospect that there's something there. So I think that this was a really strong debut for him. And I think he's someone that people should keep an eye on because only 19 years old and already off to a hot start in single way. Yeah. Uh, Ed, who do you want to talk about uh, for low way this week? Um, so I am going to talk about, have you guys talked about Jenix and Piaz on this show yet? I was going to do your Roberto Mexicano because he has he's awesome, but he is I awesome. Wanted to go with uh, somebody that hasn't uh, wasn't talked about last week, um, but uh, yeah, Paez came off the IL immediately through three shutdown innings, and then they took him out. I don't believe it was injury related. I think it was just being careful with yeah. him. Um, yeah, struck out six, one hit, no walks. He's a nineteen-year-old kid who. Um, you know, put up crazy numbers in the DSL and then comes over to the FCL last year and you find out he's got an excellent curveball with really inexplicably good feel for that curveball for someone his age. But that fastball was hitting like 83 miles an hour there. Um, now he's been able to raise that velocity a little bit to um, like high 80s, 89, 90, 91. So a little more useful there, but as you know, once the levels start to get higher, your command kind of has to be absolutely pinpointed. You have to outthink guys to be able to get them out with that kind of velocity and a good yeah. curveball. So, you know, that's why you can see a guy like Rich Hill who has all those years of experience doing it, um, a 19-year-old kid that's not going to play. So you got to kind of hope that he's able to develop that velocity a little bit more. Um, he's not a big guy. Um believe i'd have to double check that but i believe he's it says he's six one one seventy. 
He's six one. You can't uh, listening to this. I just give you I just yeah. the air quotes. He's he's a baseball six one in the same way Pedro Martinez was five eleven. Yeah, he's and, a six one uh, with the cleats on. Yeah, yeah. In the same way that I'm I'm six feet tall. You know, like every anything is possible when you lie. Um, but you know, like guys have been smaller frames that have done really well. Look at Marcus Stroman. Look at uh, Pedro Martinez. As I said, I mean, obviously that's like the uh, that's an outlier, but it, it happens. So you can't just dismiss a guy because of his size. And, yeah, you know, um, the curveball, the and 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 his feel for pitching are both pretty. Like those are things that are very hard to teach people. So I think he's somebody that's very much worth keeping an eye on. Um, and if he had some velocity uh, in a, a similar vein to uh, Shane Drohan, who is admittedly a former quarterback, um, then he becomes really interesting. But yeah. uh, for now, he's a guy to monitor, maybe, you know, a bulk guy potentially as his ceiling, but, you know, still young enough to figure some stuff out. So uh, that's, that's where the development becomes, uh, becomes interesting. He's somebody yeah. that, um, you know, Drohad, I think, was uh, top, like, in, like, the high 20s, low 30s in the system, and then he popped. And you don't know when that's going to happen with a player. Look at Sadon Raphael, it was kind of a similar prospect who was in, like, the, the 30s, and then he popped, and now he's a top 10. So that happens sometimes. It's, uh, you're going to get these guys out of out of everywhere. Look at Mookie yeah. Betts. He was, like, what, like a fifth-round pick? Um. So he's, but he's not everybody's going to pop. Also, there are guys that just never do. But if you're looking for someone that has a chance to, maybe not this year, maybe next year, maybe two years from now, I'd say Piaz is uh, somebody to look at. And I'm going to talk about another pitcher. So we're just getting, so we're doubling up on pitchers here uh, with me and Ed. I'm going to talk about Dalton Rogers just because I feel like it's been a little bit of a weird season for him in terms of like. His odd start, his odd number starts. He hasn't given up any earned runs in his odd number starts. His first start, his third start, and then this past week was his fifth start. No, no earned runs. He only gave up one unearned in his first start, but third start, no runs at all. Fifth start, no runs at all. Um, whereas, and then he went four, five, and five innings in those. His second start, he went only two thirds of an inning, and gave up three runs, and then his fourth start, three innings, uh, gave up two runs. So it feels like he's got this odd number thing going on. Like there's odd number starts where it's just like, yeah, I'm going to go out. Odd number. We're going out. No runs. Just don't worry about it. Um, but it, it was a solid start. Five innings, no runs. Only gave up one hit as well. Um, he had six strikeouts. Uh, no walks as well. Uh, oh, sorry, not no walks. Three walks. I Whoa. What the, oh, I mixed up my numbers on my page. I, I wrote a zero and then crossed it out and wrote a three and I, and I just saw the zero. Um, this is why you shouldn't handwrite your notes, but I did. Um, but I, he, overall it was a solid start for him. Um, and I feel like, you know, if you can get the even number starts a little bit more consistent in, uh, in like the odd number starts, um, I think he could be someone that maybe we even, start talking about, you know, maybe not every week, but a heck of a lot more often just because in terms of pitching prospects in the low minors, because that low A rotation feels like there's a lot of guys in that low A rotation where it's like guys get potential and it is a long way away from the big leagues, obviously. But I mean, looking at Perales and ERC and Piaz and Noah Dean and Dalton Rogers, like all those guys were either coming out of the FCL and see the big three with, Perales, Rodriguez Cruz, and Piaz, kind of the big three coming out of the FCL. And then you got the two guys in Rogers and Dean who are both who are third and fifth round picks. So it's like you look at it and you go, 
A lot of guys here, potential with all of them. Still a long way away from the big leagues, though. We'll see what happens. Um, and for Rogers, though, uh, I think consistency is going to be the big thing because he's proven in his odd starts that he can pitch well as a starter. Um, now it's just doing it every single start and getting that. And it's still really early in his minor league career. He was just drafted last year, so it's still early for him. But bright future. Yeah, I mean, it, it, is Rogers like he's kind of doing the Wyatt Olds thing, right? Where they're using him as a starter now, or they did this with Franklin Germont also, where he's used as a starter, but it's expected that he's going to end up in the bullpen. I I would imagine. Uh, I mean, I know he was drafted as a as a bullpen guy, uh, but uh, I I I I wonder about that because it seems like they're kind of. Uh, careful with him that the game where he gave up uh where he only went two and a third innings i really felt like they could have kept him out there a little bit longer it's not like he was getting absolutely crushed obviously things weren't going too well for him but uh, i i feel like they kind of have a shorter leash with him and i it could be just because he's a uh, a bullpen arm that they're trying to turn into a starter but it also kind of almost feels like maybe they don't uh they don't want to push him too hard uh so I, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if maybe they they let him go a little bit longer in the the lower levels. Maybe they think it'll help his progression more. It'll help him move up quicker. And then when he gets to Double A, Triple A, they put him back in the bullpen and kind of let him loose there. Yeah, I mean, I know that with Jermon they did that because it was like the development of a third pitch, which um, they wanted him to throw in a certain amount. I think Olds they're. It, I, I I forget where I heard this with Olds, but I believe that that's what they're doing with him because he only had like two pitches when they drafted him. Um, so, but I mean, with Rogers also, I mean, he's a lefty that throws a hundred miles an hour. Like that doesn't grow on trees. Like yeah. you have put that back end of your pen. Like, can you imagine having like a left-handed friggin' um, uh, Joan Duran or someone like that? Yeah, be awesome. Oh, I, I think having a Yohan Duran anyways would be awesome. I mean, <laughs> he, yeah, but make him a lefty. <laughs> yeah, that's even stupider. Um, because his, his stuff is so good that they had the and I'm gonna be the show had to change their game so his stuff would actually work in the game because he threw too hard. He threw a splitter too hard. Um, but yeah, no, it, I feel like they could maybe maybe they're starting him too. They're like, we think he can be a starter, but we're also not going to put all our eggs in that basket at the same time. There could also it's also probably that thing where they know worst case scenario they can just put him back in the bullpen. But if he does turn out to be a starter, starters are more valuable than relievers. We're seeing it with Garrett Whitlock. They're not going to put him in the bullpen. Why? Because a, even a mid rotation guy is more valuable than a reliever. So that's just just how it goes. Um, well, let's move on to high A, though, uh, because it's our last level we get to talk about. Um, and let's talk about a guy who's getting promoted to double A to fill the spot of Shane Johan, and that's Grant Gambrell. Um, part of the Josh Winkowski trade, as I've mentioned multiple times, uh, and this week he went seven innings, three runs, five hits, seven strikeouts, no walks. Um, I'll turn it right, up, right over to you, Ed. Uh, thoughts on Gambrell, uh, his start this week, and him being promoted to double A. Yeah, I mean, he went through, I think it was like, what, like seven innings, eight strikeouts. He gave up four runs. That kind of happened in quick succession. Um, but he's very, he's old for the level. He's 25 um, and still pitching high. A. He missed most of last year due to injury, which is why he started there. But double A makes a lot more sense for him to be there. Um, you know, he's, 
he's not a bad pitcher or anything like that. Uh, 95 mile an hour fastball. He can hit 96, uh, and he can hold it later in games. Doesn't really walk a lot of guys. He throws, uh, kind of like one of those hammer breaking balls, like, uh, Nick Pavetta. Uh, he's got a change up as well, but, um, it's not, I don't think he's, he's a bad pitcher or anything like that. He's kind of a wild card though, just because we haven't really seen that much of him. He's been yeah. fine. As far as uh, Double A goes, he's one of these guys that I believe during the um, during the lockout he did something to uh, like for his um, to like boost his velocity or something like that. But I mean, his injury was um, ankle related, so that's uh, you know that's usually I don't want to say a good thing, but it's a better thing yeah. um, than if it's like an arm injury. Uh, his floor is probably a reliever. He wouldn't surprise me as one of those like Zach Tel- Kelly types who they convert him to um, the bullpen and suddenly he's, you know, like a legitimate setup weapon. Um, but I'm still kind of taking a wait and see on him just because I really haven't seen him pitch that much and we haven't seen him healthy that much here. Yeah, I, I think for for my narrative, I want him to be good just because it fits my narrative of people need to shut up about the Benintendi trade. Well, hey, there's now, Luis De La Rosa, too, you know? Yeah, that, too. I was almost going to bring him up. But Did you guys see what Freddy Valdez, what's going on with him? No. They converted him to a – he's going to be a relief pitcher this year. They arrive at the FCL. They've converted him from an outfield. That's the other guy they got in the trade yeah. for uh, for. Benintendi. Yeah, he was – when, yeah. when he got brought over, I know he, I mean, he's super young. But I know the whole thing with him was he can hit the ball a mile, but he can't hit the ball. So it yeah. was kind of like when he puts the bat on the ball, it's going to go 500 feet, but it's when he puts the bat on the ball. Exactly. Exactly. He kind of, I, I remember having like these real Fred Mill Reyes vibes for him, like without even seeing him play. It was just like, you're in the description. I'm like, oh, he's Fred Mill. He's Fred Mill Valdez. Okay. Or Reyes. Uh, but yeah, now he's a relief pitcher. Interesting. Oh, hey, see how that goes. Maybe it'll maybe it'll work for him. Uh, worked for Michael Giddies last year. Had he hasn't yeah. pitched this year yet, but he looked awesome. No, he last had back. Year. Did he have back surgery? So yeah, he might be. He might be out for a while. Yeah. No, I mean, we've seen it happen before. Guys going from hitter to pitcher or pitcher to hitter. It, it's worked before in the past. So at this point, it wouldn't shock me. Um, but yes, yeah, so I want all these guys from the Winkowski trade to do well, just because it fits my narrative. And people need to shut up about it. Um, that, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, I know your thoughts on Gambrell. Uh, I kind of in the same boat as Ed there with, we just really haven't seen that much of him. He only threw 32 and two thirds innings in the Red Sox system in 2021. Didn't pitch at all last year. Uh, at 2021, it was really rough for him with the Red Sox, seven, one, six ERA, 314 on base percentage. He was just getting hit around uh, this year. It's kind of been uh, outside of, I mean, he, he, Struggled his first start, and then uh, outside of that, it's kind of been solid. You know, he was serviceable his second time out. Uh, kind of got hurt by his defense in his third start. He gave up six runs, but only two were earned in four innings. Struggled his his next time out, and then since May turned since we turned to May, he's been phenomenal. He's thirteen innings, three earned runs, fifteen strikeouts, no walks in May. So that's one of those things where it's like, okay, is he? You know, now he's healthy. He's got his legs back under him. He's a little bit more comfortable in the organization. Is that kind of where he's at now? You know, he's a little bit too advanced, too old for high A. So maybe that was going to start being something that we saw if they kept him there that we saw more often was more dominant or at least just really solid starts where 
he's puts them in a position to win. He won both games. Those were his first two wins of the season. Um, so I think his uh, promotion will be interesting to see because it's, it's something I've brought up before is I feel like double a is always that level that people say is kind of the benchmark for prospects. That's when you start running into more advanced players. So is he going to go to double a and kind of revert back to that guy from that we saw in 2021 or even kind of like the start of this year where it's, you know, kind of, you know, he gives you a little something good, but there's more, it's he's struggling to get through five innings. He's getting hit around a lot. Or did he kind of turn a corner and now we're going to start seeing uh, someone that has potential as a prospect. Um, he does, he doesn't turn 26 till the end of the season. He turns 26 in, in November. So he's got the rest of the year in double a at 25, which isn't too old for that level. I mean, that's, it's still old. I mean, we got Nick York's in double a right now. He's 20, but uh, that's something that you, you see a lot more of. There's a lot fewer 25 year olds in high a than there are in double a. Um, the, the red side, the Portland sea dogs have a couple guys, 25 or older too. Uh, so is, this will be a, a challenge for him. It'll be, I think, an important step for him because I just said 25's not old, but 25's not young either, and he'll be 26 next year. And if he goes to Double A and pitches well or even like serviceable, decent, gives them innings, doesn't get hit around too much, uh, doesn't walk too many people, keeps up with the strikeouts a little bit, then that's somebody that you're like, okay, this is, we might have something here. But if he goes to double A and, you know, six ERA gives up a lot of hits, the strikeouts go back down. Suddenly that's someone where it's like, at what point do you kind of cut the cord and, and say, all right, we're, you know, we're washing our hands of this. I think he'll get a little bit longer of a leash just because of the injury last year, missing a whole season really you know that especially for a prospect that really hurts the development that really throws a throws a wrench into things but i think we're kind of getting to that point with him where even though the red Sox haven't seen that much of him i think if he if he struggles really bad in double a that might be enough for them to kind of really sour on him i'm not i'm not saying they'll release him or anything but i think that could kind of be like the end of the you know, unless unless 2024 20, rolls around and he absolutely dominates, I think that's kind of where they'll draw the line. So I think that the next couple months are going to be massive for him in terms of how the the system, how the organization views him. Because even though a lot of people will say the Red Sox uh, pitching is kind of where their system struggles a little bit, there's still a lot of guys ahead of him right now in, in the system. So the next few months are going to be big because it's, it's sink or swim at this point. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll move on to talk about other guys in high A because I want to talk about Ensign Paulino. Uh, six or 21 this week, two doubles, a triple, which I'm getting tired of these triples, but it's okay, I guess, because uh, I like Edinson Paulino at the very least. Uh, six strikeouts, four walks, had two stolen bases this week. Uh, I he he's weird because I think I think even Ed uh said this out on Twitter a bunch a lot this offseason, but I had it too. I had Edison Paulino as one of the guys who I felt could break out this year, and we haven't seen it so far yet this year. But I start look I look back to last year and the first and 
in April last year, he hit like sub 200 with like a six something 600 OPS. And then the rest of the year from, from the start of May on, which was take out his first 17 games, he hit what 280 with like an 850 OPS. So far this year in, in April, we had like 220, but it was like a 600 OPS. So far in May, it's what eight games, uh, or sorry, no, 10 games, and he's hitting 275 with the 870 OPS. So maybe we start to see a little bit of a breakout from him. Maybe it's just a thing where he doesn't play well in April. Um, who knows? Um, but he's a guy that I had a lot of high hopes for coming into this year where I felt like he could be a guy who could truly have a breakout year. And maybe we'll start seeing it a little bit less competition for spots in terms of like me, now gone. So it's an infielder that was playing really, really well out of his way a little bit. Um, so maybe that'll help him, but he's a guy I had really high hopes for. And maybe it's just April doesn't, the month of April doesn't like him. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he did something to piss off just the month of April. Or maybe someone, you know, someone named April that did he, that he was mean to or someone. So I don't know, but you just, not good in April, even in 2022, but was really good the rest of the way. And so far in May, he's turned it around so far. So I'm hoping that it continues for the rest of the year and he continues to have a really good year the rest of the year. Um, and things start to turn around for him like they did last year. Um, because last year, uh, after, like I said, it was really, really good for him after uh, after April. 97 games, two, 280 average, 861 OPS. So... I'm hoping for him that he can start to get it going now. Um, Ed, who's someone you want to single out from this high A team? Be uh, sweet and short with this. Uh, Christopher Troy, relief pitcher, had one outing last week, but he uh, went three innings, gave up one hit, struck out seven. Um, it was absolutely electrifying. And he's somebody with very good raw stuff that um, you could see move up quickly. He's 24. I think he's going to be once port once we start seeing some of the Portland relievers move up to AAA, he'll be moved up to Portland in turn. Um, big fastball can hit 100 miles an hour on an averaging around 94, but he can really pull back and hit that. Um, he gets a lot of strikeouts. Um, if you're looking, last year he had um, 50 strikeouts over 33 innings. This year he's got 28 over 13 innings. So. Uh, Problem there, of course, is the control. Sometimes he doesn't really know where the ball's going. He has, uh, with those 28 strikeouts, there are also nine walks, which, um, you know, if you can't hit the guy just not swinging might might be a decent strategy there. Um, but he's got, I mean, the fast, he's got the fastball. He also throws a curveball that uh, he can, that is like pretty decent. And he was like a pretty big hype prospect. He was very highly regarded coming out of high school and just kind of kept getting hurt. So he's somebody to, uh, Another guy to kind of watch. He's big, six foot four, two hundred twenty-five pounds. So he's got that big, imposing frame. And you know, somebody with that velocity, you might only have two pitches, but you know, we've seen that before. That if the pitches are good enough, it doesn't really matter. And he's been pretty close to unhittable. One point three eight ERA so far this year. Thirteen innings. Um, he's given up uh, two runs, seven hits. So yeah. Set nine walks though. So if he can get that command control down a little bit more, he's going to be in very good shape. But it was just encouraging that three inning outing he had this week was very encouraging. Yeah. No walks, one hit, 
struck out seven. And it was just the energy. Like it was one of those things where they, um, they really needed, they ended up coming back, I think and winning that game 10 to eight. Yeah. Yep. And he was just amped the entire time when he got that last strikeout, he was just like pounding his chest and screaming. And like you, you want that from your relievers. You want your relievers to be, um, scary and enthusiastic. Yeah. Yeah, he got um, he got thrown into the fire that game too because uh, Juan Daniel uh, Encarnacion struggled to start, yep. and then uh, Jordan D. Valero got hurt while he was pitching, and they threw Troy out there. He hadn't thrown three innings all year, and he, yep. he went out there and dominated. And then they had a big inning to come back. He's not a length guy. Um, I was very surprised to see him get three innings. I, he's I I, I I felt this way about Caleb Ort. Um, he's best when harnessing his stuff for one inning. But he obviously did it for three innings there and didn't seem to be any worse for wear by the end yeah. of it. So, hey, maybe. Uh, but when you just look at his arm history, I always get a little nervous with guys like that that have yeah. had like elbow problems in the past. Um, he can he, he's somebody that I think I would be if he doesn't get hurt, I would bet money. He's a double A by the end of the year. Um, good pitcher. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how he moves through the uh, the system. But he's what, another one to keep an eye on. Definitely. Uh, Hunter, uh, last player that we're going to talk about before guess the prospect, uh, who do you want to bring up? Uh, yeah. High a was probably the hardest for me. Uh, I already knew Ed was going to talk about Christopher Troy. So that kind of cut someone off, but there were so many, Sorry. uh, no, no, that I was happy, you know, cut my list down a little bit. Um, but like Marcelo Meyer got hurt, only played in the last game of the week. That was upsetting after such a big week. Uh, I think Max Ferguson's been sneaky good this year. Brian Gonzalez has five triples. Care Meredith just came off the IL. I really like him. Uh, he's already six for six in steals in just four games. I think that's ridiculous. Ronald Rosario got called up. There was just so much going on. Uh, and with all of it, I couldn't decide who to pick. So I thought I'm just going <laughs> to talk about Brainer Bonassi because, of course, I am. Uh, he's slashing 293, 370, 488 this season. Uh, five doubles, one homer, missed a while, missed the first few weeks because of some visa issues. So he didn't get to camp till much later. Uh, so he's only played in 11 games this year. He's already driven in nine runs. Uh, switch hitting, shortstop, but he can he can play uh, second and third. Uh, and really great defense. I like that's when, when he first kind of came onto the scene. That was the thing was, oh, this guy's, Athletic, great defense, good speed. Uh, but the the big question around him was the offense. And I think like halfway through last year, he really started to pick it up offensively. The whole year he was getting on base, he was drawing walks, but there was really zero power. Uh, and then he kind of flipped a switch, started hitting a couple homers. The extra bases were coming. And now this year he's just been pissing on baseballs. Uh, it seems like every other at bat he's hitting it. Now I haven't seen any exit velocity. I don't think you're going to see exit velocity for high A games, but it, it seems like every other uh, swing by him is a hundred something mile an hour liner off the bat. Uh, all the doubles, the home run. It's just every the home run he hit last week was demolished. And one of the things I like about him, I'm all for having fun. I'm all for, you know, trying to get your teammates pumped. He hit that ball and didn't even watch it leave the park. He immediately turned to his dugout, flipped his bat, and started screaming at his teammates. Didn't watch it leave, which it, it went well past the, the, um, 
the fence, just absolutely crushed it. Uh, so he's someone that last year I fell in love with. And uh, this year I was upset that he didn't get to start the season. And then I was really upset because he was in a situation in high A where Marcelo Mayer was there. Max Ferguson can play second base. At the time, Chase Mydroth was there. There were so many people. Uh, Edison Paulino plays a lot of second base, also plays some shortstop. He plays all over the field, though. But there were so many people that uh, it was kind of like when he got healthy, I was like, is he, how, how much is he going to get to play? They activated him, and he didn't play the first two games, I think. And the third game, he only came in because Mydroth got hurt on a, on a uh, pickoff attempt. Um, so it was one of those things where it was like, is, where is he going to get playing time? And then they put him in into the lineup and he just started hitting. He continues to show great, great defense. Uh, and now with my gone, he's been in the lineup basically every day and he hasn't disappointed. Uh, somebody that could get you 20 plus steals he gets, he draws a lot of walks. Uh, last year, I think he had exactly the same amount of walks as strikeouts this year. He's struck out a couple more times, but he's also at a higher level uh, and the walks have started to, to creep back up. Um, just for my money, one of the more underrated prospects in the system. And I think if he starts to show the, the power that he's kind of given glimpses of lately, and if he continues to be a good offensive player, I think he's someone that he's already, uh, I believe he's in the top 15 or at least really close according to MLB.com for the Red Sox system. Uh, wouldn't be surprised though if he climbs up that a little bit more. And I think I shouldn't say more importantly, but more. But I will say more importantly, I think he's someone that the fans will start to to fall in love with. Especially maybe it won't be this year, but maybe next year if he's in Double A, I think, uh, and he starts getting getting more attention. I think fans are really. I mean, who doesn't love a switch hitting middle infielder? That that right there, I think, is already fun. And if he can continue to, to show a little bit of power and, and continue to make great defensive plays. Uh, just someone that it's such a log jam of a position for, for the Red Sox minor leagues, but he really sticks out to me as someone that could be uh, not just fun to watch, but he, he's got, uh, uh, we talked about it with uh, Sadon Raphael, where he, Sadon has this floor because of his great defense, because of the speed. I think Bones is kind of in the same boat there because he's got – he plays great defense. Uh, I think his best position shortstop, but he can play second and third. Good speed, gets on base a lot. There's something – like there's a lot of things that I think he'll be able to do at every level. Like it, we've seen it with Nico Cavadas. Even though the power is not there and he's not getting – he's hitting barely 200, he's, his on-base percentage is over 400 because he gets on. So that's like – that's his floor is he still gets on. And I think Bonassi kind of does the same thing. He gets on base, but he also adds the speed and the defense. So I think he's someone that he's going to bring value every time he's out there, which will give him more reps. And he's only 20. Like, he's only 20, and he's already playing good in high A, despite the fact that he started the season late. Uh, so just expect to hear me talk about him a lot because I think that he's got something. All right, and now it's time to move on to our final segment of Guess the Prospect. If you don't know how we do this, uh, before every show, I spin a wheel, 1 through 60, um, and then whatever number it lands on, I go to the Sox Prospects' top 60 rankings, go to their rankings, which is right on their homepage. 
find whatever prospect is under that number and essentially go click on them, go to their page and write down facts about stuff about them and give these guys essentially I have 10 things written down. Numbers normally been 10, maybe well, maybe one of these days it won't be 10. It just so happened to be 10 again. Uh, so you get 10 hints to try and guess the prospect. This can be anyone on the top Sox prospects, top 60, besides ones that we've already done. Like we've done uh, last week. Who was it? What have we done? I already forgot. Uh, so let's not waste any time. Let's dive into this. This player, this prospect, was born in La Victoria, Venezuela. This player is currently 18 years old. Oh. This player was signed in 2022 as an international free agent, amateur free agent. This player's signing bonus was $30,000. This player bats and throws right-handed. Nice. He's a hitter, I'm assuming. Stands at five foot ten, 160 pounds. His listed position is shortstop. His MLB ETA is t- mid 2027. All right, final two hints. We're coming up. Played oh, man, 2022. Played 2022 in the DSL. Is currently in extended spring training. Is it... Marvin Alcantara? It is Marvin Alcantara. So Hunter gets that one. That one, when it came up, I figured... That was was, was tough. Yeah. That was tough. You start looking at guys in extended spring training. I think he's the highest-ranked guy out of the guys in extended spring... Uh, No, he's not the actual highest-ranked guy. It's technically Mike Romero's there. You said Um, said 18, and I was already... That that threw me off. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, uh, Alcantara is the highest-ranked player that's in extended spring training. Because um, Mike Romero is technically on the injured list, I think. Where is he Stalin. at? Did you say? Did I miss that? He's a, currently an extended spring. No, training. no, sorry. Uh, like oh. in the rankings. Oh, he's 20, 24, I think. Yeah, he's twenty four. Wow. And last year he was signed for thirty thousand. You said uh, when you first started it, I, I could only think of uh, Encarnacion, Freli Encarnacion, and I was like, I don't, I don't think that's it, and I don't want to throw I think it he's out Dominican. there. Yeah. Yeah, that was my issue. I was like, I don't yeah. think, yeah. Yeah, he also, too, didn't sign for $30,000. He signed for, like, a million. So there's also that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alcantara really went I... under the radar. But yeah, that he's a guy. Sometimes. Yeah, he's a guy where it's, like, like literally a year after he signed and Sox process has him in the 20s. And it's like, whoa, it's like, this guy signed for 30000 He's already in the, in the 20s. It's like, what? It's like, what do the Red Sox have here? Because... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we see, I mean, recently with low money signings like Brian Bayo, who's, you know, a lot of fans think he's the future ace of the Red Sox. Um, you have a guy like Rafaela, another another cheap signing as well. Uh, so, hey, maybe the Red Sox have something, but that was your guess the prospect for the week, uh, Marvin Alcantara. So, Hunter adds another one to his score. I think you're tied with Jake now. Yeah, I think I you think both have two, two. Yep. 
and Ed now has uh, zero, so Ed is. I, I think Ed. I think Ed knew that. I think he was just being nice. It's he not really just... fair for me to answer Sox prospects related <laughs> questions. <laughs> I will take the win, but I'm pretty sure Ed knew that probably almost immediately. Um, wasn't immediate. I forgot. I wasn't. I, I had to think about it. Um, but then when it got to the signing for 2022, it was like, oh yeah, that's up in power. But all right. Anyway. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> all right anyone got anything we got to get off the chest before we wrap this thing up i think i'm good i think i got all my rants out <laughs> all oh, right God. uh no more rants about there being no low way game on tv either because that didn't happen <laughs> this week right yeah uh all right uh for hunter for ed my name is derek thanks for tuning in to the pesky report and we'll see you next time